Welcome to Higher Voltage, a podcast that explores the ins and outs of higher education marketing and touches on all aspects of the business of higher education. My name is Heather Dotchell. You have most recently encountered me leading the marketing and communications teams at two Philadelphia area colleges. With Giving Tuesday just around the corner, we wanted to talk about the state of institutional giving in 2020 and the ways that colleges and universities will leverage Giving Tuesday to create their own dedicated days of giving before the fiscal year is out. Both of our guests have just recently completed successful days of giving at their respective institutions. First up, we have Brittany Schaff. Brittany Schaff is the Assistant Vice President for Digital Engagement and Philanthropic Giving at the University of Miami. Her team supports all schools and units, as well as the medical units at the university and its health system. Prior to working at Miami, she's been in various marketing and analytics positions in higher education, including at Santa Clara University, Towson University, and John Hopkins University. Tim O'Keefe is the Senior Director for Marketing and Analytics at Hamilton College. Tim provides colleagues with actionable data to shape the communications and marketing office's content strategy. Previously, Tim worked in digital communications at Colgate University and spent 20 years as a working journalist, including being the first online editor at the Indianapolis Star newspaper. We are excited to have you both. So let's get started with the hard numbers question. What did you invest in promoting your day of giving and what was your total raised? Brittany, care to start us off with this? Sure. Um, our total investment in our day of giving was around $6,000. Um, and our total raised for our day of giving um, exceeded $1.5 million. That's impressive. Tim, how about you? We This giving day for us was a little bit smaller scale, but we don't have a, we're a smaller shop than Brittany. And so we were targeting donors. We had 3,518 donors contribute and participate, and we raised $1.7 million on the day. For us, the expenditure expenditure was a lot of sweat equity primarily, and our print pieces that around $10,000. And then for me in the social side, about just $350, $400 was what we spent. Excellent. Well, congratulations to you both. One of the reasons I asked both of you on here was because your institutions are very different sized. um, And I think it will be interesting to see the contrast between the two um, and helpful for our audience to also, you know, kind of pick which ones match up most closely with their needs. So, Tim, what was the backbone of your strategy to raise awareness and convert that knowledge to gifts? Right. I think for us this time around, to be honest, it was it was an intensified timeline because, frankly, we were about the pandemic and we were worried about things happening on campus that would delay this and kind of blow this up. But externally, and what we were trying to do was this was one of our earliest give days ever. And we were trying to fund load support for our Hamilton fund. And we were trying to reassure our, our alumni and others that even though the, our, our world had changed here on campus, that we were still Hamilton. Um, and that's where we landed on the Hamilton at heart sort of theme for the for the give day itself. Brittany, what was your backbone? Great question. Um, ours was around just straight digital lead generation. So everything we did was with a lead and a B2C or a business to consumer kind of approach. Uh, consumer here, we would really call constituent, but for lack of a better term, a B2C um, approach. So we really focused on brand awareness, engagement, and then digital conversions when it came to giving. We started about two and a half weeks prior to our giving day. Um, we did not use print at all. 
Um, and the $6,000 cost was generally spent, about 90% of it was spent actually on digital advertisements digit, um, uh, and then tracking our conversion kind of practices. Um, we did all of our content creation in-house. Um, so we had over 500 different uh, content pieces for the day leading up to and on the day, as well as uh, following the giving day. That does not include roughly 1,500 uh, personalized video messages that we use to our video platform system. Um, but that's kind of what we focused on as our, as our backbone. Before we dig into some more details, let's take a quick break to say that we are brought to you by eCity Interactive. For more than 20 years, eCity has been creating marketing strategies, websites, and digital experiences for higher ed institutions, large and small. Inspired by challenge and proven by results, eCity can help you solve the greatest challenges facing your institution today. Brittany, let's dig in a little farther. I know that you have a self-sufficient unit that has communication skills embedded in it. Can you explain what your team looks like um, and how you work with the central communications office, if at all? Yeah, great question and happy to. So as you outlined in the beginning of the podcast, I have three teams actually that um, support my office that roll up to me. First one would be a film traffic giving team, which is almost like an omni-channel marketing team that supports the schools and you. You know, so they're really focused on engagement and solicitations for the schools and colleges. At the same time, I have a similar team that supports the medical institution and the health system. That uh, team is really focused on grateful patient acquisition, retention of donors to medicine. And then the third team is a digital engagement team. And for this purposes, we might just refer to it as digital marketing. And that supports both of those other two teams. I'm really fortunate that we actually have a central communication team within our development division. In addition to that, we have a university communication team, and both of them are central in supporting our initiatives. For instance, our university communication team assisted with creating one of our uh, large-scale giving day videos. Um, so we do partner with both of those two teams when it comes to giving days um, or Giving Tuesday, for instance. Heather, I'm glad you mentioned the scale because I already have staffing envy just listening to Brittany talk about the, <laughs> Don't the we team. All. Yes, that's that's terrific. So what does your giving day team and cross department cooperative status look like, Tim? So it's interesting. We're a relatively small shop. I work in the college communications and marketing office. There are 14 of us. Um, and it's really just been about a year since we split off from working underneath the advancement office here at Hamilton. So we are now a separate entity, which frankly, it's a long time coming for us. So it, it was, uh, this give day was one of the first we've done as sort of separate entities, but as we talk about it, the, the cross division piece is, is really so important. So from communications and marketing, it's myself as the social media and digital strategist. It's a content person, a web person, and visual communications, incredibly important. And then we work as a group with the Hamilton Fund team and members of the Advancement Promotions team who helps set the theme and helps set the tone um, for what we're going to try to accomplish. So our meetings were inclusive meetings, and then you drill down into these working groups that focus on social or focus on the print piece or whatever that might be. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty now, where we've got a little bit of the sense of your team and your basic strategy. Um, I would like you, if you would, to please walk us through how you built and executed these campaigns. Uh, Tim, let's start with you. So it's interesting. It's it's, um, it's meetings, right? We're academia, so we do meetings. Uh, and we sort of 
punk from darts and, and punk at things a little bit. And does this theme, does this concept feel like it fits Hamilton? Um, is it going to achieve our objective? And for us, these give days are all about participation and donors, getting donors and getting that ever elusive non-giver. So we meet, we talk, we do our, our due diligence in terms of um, the theme's going to resonate, play off with our key alums who might share some feedback with us. We do the volunteer calls. I do some emails to our social media advocates who I'm asking to help promote and to share on their own and to retweet and like and generate some momentum for us. Um, you know, we, we think about whether we're going to, how much paid versus organic we're going to do on social. And then one of the key things that I found since we're working as actually two separate entities in some ways is that I think the biggest thing for me is, is making sure that everyone feels like they have a stake in the process. Everyone feels like they have um, the skin in the game, right? Because otherwise things get the, the tail off a little bit. And I think that involvement from the start, having everyone feel like they've got a, a big role in this is, is very, very important. And then, you know, we talk about our ringless voicemail. We talk about texting in terms of the digital outreach and um, make sure we're focusing on our Facebook groups where we're finding more and more activity in, in lieu of actually activity on some of our main channels. Um, and then we figure out the cadence, which I think is incredibly important, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit later. And then how we're going to treat Instagram, how we're going to treat uh, the stories versus Facebook posts. And, and we drill down and come up with the timeline and the schedule and what assets are going to fit where. Brittany, how about your strategy and your execution? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, we took out an approach very similar to what Tim and, and Hamilton did, um, to be honest. Ex I don't know how many giving days Hamilton has done, but at University of Miami, this is actually our second ever. Um, and we were going to do one in April um, 2020 and then uh, for lots of reasons, we decided not to do that. Um, so this is the second one we've ever done. Um, I will also preface that my team is a team of 10, inclusive of me. And 70% of us have never met in person because we were hired during COVID. And 60% of, of us have never done a giving day, ever. Now, so to, to put that all in perspective, one of our biggest goals was just to hit goal, <laughs> just to hit that 2020 donor count, right? Um, but really when you broke it down, what we really wanted to achieve was engagement, data mining, and conversion. And so we built the entire structure really based on those three things. In fact, that structure format. Um, so the first thing we did was put a committee together across the institution and included people all the way from enrollment management and enrollment management all the way to athletics uh, students from our student government association and gift officers from every school and unit and kind of everyone in between. To Tim's point, the more buy-in you have, the more successful you're going to be. And from there, we decided that we really wanted to lead with engagement. So we gamified it. So we use gamification, right, a competition model and digital platforms to help spur um, engagement leading up to the giving day, on giving day, and then after giving day. And every time we did this, we tracked it on social. We're very lucky to have social listening technology that can tell me everything from earned to owned um, sentiment all the way to positivity rates and everything that people are saying. Um, on digital platforms, public domains. 
So we use that to help create our structures internally. And then externally, we knew that we needed to have challenge and matching gifts. So we had five top ranking uh, challenge gifts, which would be quote unquote unlocked or provided to the institution when we hit certain participation goals. And in addition to that, we had over 40 matching gifts. These are one to one dollar matching gifts for specific entities, schools, colleges, club sports, et cetera. In this way, we could have internal competition uh, where people were trying to be our advocates and saying, I'm putting up a thousand dollars for club volleyball. When we raise a thousand dollars, join me. Um, and then that helped lead to our overarching 2020 donor count goal. Heather, if I can jump in and ask, we use a vendor to help us with our Give Day platform, and we've done about four major ones and several smaller ones. But for us, the, the idea of, just like you described, it's you have unique URLs that you can track to see how they're performing. You've got, uh, and the, the piece that's interesting to me is the advocates piece. Folks can go on the site and say, I'm going to match $25 for everybody in my class if they give X. So that tool helps us, I think, create that, that little bit of the buzz and that little bit of momentum that we then hope to carry over onto social and to, to build some momentum around the day. Brittany, what content was your biggest driver of conversion? In dollars or donor count, Heather? Either. I think both are equally important to many schools. Yeah, sure. No, I, I, would, I would agree with that one. Um, I think overall email uh, would be both. Um, and then second to that would be um, texting. We actually don't have a phonathon program here at the University of Miami. We um, have different, we're essentially using digital lead gen as the replacement of our phonathon program. Um, so other than email, I would say the highest conversion we had was on digital ad placements. For instance, we had two giving day videos, one that focused on like the major university that had our mascot in it. It was really fun. Um, and that, uh, converted around $15,000 just from Facebook ads. Um, and then we had a separate video that was on Facebook, and that was really highlighting our Miller School of Medicine and diversity and inclusion initiatives within the Miller School of Medicine. And that converted around $27,000. In total, that's, if my math's correct, you know, around $43,000, and it was about three hundred and eighty. dollars distinct individuals. Tim, what were your biggest conversion pieces? That's interesting. It, it, it's, it does follow with what Brittany's talking about for us as well. You know, I often hear that email is dead, email is dead, you know, but no, no, no. Um, email is the primary driver for us for both clicks to the Give Campus, our donor site, and for conversions. And what we also found, which is a little bit of an outlier this time around, is we had some interstitial some pop-up boxes on our .edu website, just in the alumni section and our Because Hamilton campaign section. And that produced a lot of click-throughs and a lot of conversions as well. So that was an interesting piece for us too, to make sure, to see if maybe we can expand that um, to other areas of the website. So it, it was the email. Um, our thinking and the, the trends we've seen in our past few days is that for the large part, social is, is sort of that, that way to be that cheerleader, is the way to keep momentum going. And we drive people to the site where we expect them to give, but it's always that challenge of getting them to convert there. Um, and we think that the form is very frictionless and is easy to use, but it, it's just a challenge to, to, to get them to make that, that pull, right, to get that to happen. Yeah, Tim, um, at the U, we have the same thing. And on our giving day, and we started doing this for other smaller campaigns to test it out. We started putting our chat bot on our actual site. 
and that has helped with some conversion. It also just helps with cleaning up our data, to be honest, because you have to put in your email. Um, so even if you don't make a gift, then we've at least captured your email address, your first name, last name kind of thing. But we did see a, um, that help us this year. And we did it about two weeks leading up to Giving Day when we launched our VIP site. Interesting. Liz. Yeah, that is really interesting. Um, anything more we should know about that? <laughs> I, I, I like chatbots. Um, I might be the only person, but I think they're helpful when deployed correctly, I, I guess I would say. <laughs> <laughs> when they provide a service, right? When they do something practical for the end user. And uh, I'd agree, you know, the phone banks had been a fairly big part of what we've done in, in some recent give days as well, with primarily our, our student athletes who would get together and do this. But as Brittany said, it's just become less and less a factor where this, the voiceless product we use and the texting we use has generated uh, more interest than the phone banks. So we're talking about a lot of moving pieces here where we have digital ads, we have email, we have texting, we may have phone banks, we have all of these things, um, and we have to coordinate them. So let's talk about cadence. Tim, you you alluded to that earlier. Um, we often, you know, there's often that conversation that we're all having, like, how many touches until we get what we are hoping for for conversion, whether that's prospective students or, in this case, donors. Um, how important was your cadence of communications and, and how did you corral that, Tim? I, I think it's incredibly important. I think we're all worried about that email burnout, right? That, oh, another thing for my alma mater, I'd like them, it's great, but I've got other things to do. Um, and so we had a, a working document that spelled out when the email was going to go, who it was from, and to what time of day that was going to happen. And then for me on social, I was going in between those spots to do my Twitter posts or my tweets or something more on LinkedIn or wherever we might go. So I, I do think that's really important to try to build up to the day, to try to get the momentum going, and then not to overwhelm on the day and to, and to pick, pick your, your moments. And we also, like Brittany alluded to the, the data and, and everything, it's, it's very interesting then to look at which emails performed the best, who they came from, was it an alum, was it our advancement, and then make sure we use that for the next time around to figure out who had the most impact there and, and what time that went out. So we do track that very carefully to try to inform us for the next time. Brittany, how about you and your team? What did that cadence look like for you? Yeah, similar to Tim, um, we have a staff member on my team who's responsible for project managing special initiatives like Giving Day. And so part of her responsibility is to put this kind of cadence together. I think it ended up being give or take 50 pages. We didn't outright solicit for medicine, but we allowed people to donate to medical units. And the way in which we approach that conversation and um, content is slightly different. So it was a little bit more intricate than if we wouldn't have included medicine. But I'm glad we did for lots of reasons because they are part of our institution. As far as the comms cadence, it started about two, two and a half weeks before Giving Day started. In addition to all of our emails, which went out about every two and a half hours, we picked the dates um, and times for our email drops on Giving Day based on e-commerce transactions. So we went ahead and looked at all of our e-com 
pickups over the last six months and really determine what time frames the most of our conversions take course in. And then we plop down, for instance, our email drops about 30 minutes before those pickup times to see if that would match the conversion time. And in fact, they did. Here at Miami, we generally have more gifts coming in the afternoon and the evening. Um, and that's exactly what we saw on giving day. We had a slow start. We expected the slow start. And then we had a huge pickup midday going into about 9 p.m. As far as the comms and um, digital assets for the units, we created social media packets for every single school and unit. It had their own branded content. It had GIFs leading up to the day. Um, on the day of, for every single challenge gift, and we had five of them, they had a school-specific GIF. Um, anything that they wanted to place on their own social pages. We also then had around 300 digital volunteers. We created digital assets for every single one of those volunteers. So really what it looked like leading up to Giving Day and then definitely on Giving Day was this onslaught of content, but it really wasn't coming from us, the development shop, which is the goal, right? The goal is to have it feel like it's an organic approach, we might just have to be behind the scenes giving the content out. But that's exactly what it's, it felt like, I think, on Giving Day. And then the last thing we did was really make sure that we personalized our content the day of, both when it came to solicitations. So if people had a preferred nickname, like Tim, we said, hi, Tim, rather than maybe Timothy. Um, and then for our stewardship, we did immediate stewardship. We had personalized videos um, for through our video platform system to all of our five challenge donors, to the 40-something, 43 matching donors, and then to every single donor the day of received a video thank you, personalized with their name, thanking them for a gift to Giving Day to the fund or school or unit that they gave to. Yeah, I think, uh, Brittany, that's so interesting. I think the slicing and dicing that has to happen so you're targeting the right groups with the right content is, is very important. And what, what I've found and from our previous Give Days as well is that for us, our VizCom's theme are terrific. And we create these beautiful graphic elements. But there's also a piece that you always have to remember that it's who you're doing it for, and it's the students. So we make sure that we use some students. And that's where... The hoopla, we call it on-campus hoopla on the day, where we had Hamilton at heart. with all these students doing the heart symbol, right? And so we captured them. Our digital media interns went out and captured them because then we could show faces for the last few emails of the people that are being affected by your generosity. So I think there's got to be, again, not, not one thing fits and works for everything. You need to have this mix. And that for us, the asset mix was important just to make sure we reflected, here's why you're doing this, because we know... You can give to the soup kitchen down the road. You can give to so many things now so easily. Here's why you give to Hamilton. It's these students and the, and the impact that they're going to have here and once they leave this place. Brittany, you just mentioned you had about two and a half weeks of external comms leading up to the day. Um, and and I think that's important to know that this isn't really a day. We all, we all know that there's months of work that goes behind um campaigns like this, but it's not a day, it's it's a period of time. So two and a half weeks before, about how long after, would you say, for wrap-ups, thank yous, that kind of thing? Yeah, I, I would definitely think that we would all agree it's not a day. It might feel like a day, it should feel like maybe a day to our constituents, but we're good. I don't, I don't know if we're magicians. Um, as far as the post-event uh, content, it took us about a week. Um, 
you know, my, my, my team's background, a lot of us are in, in data analytics. And so we are really focused on making sure that we analyze our results and have a post giving day impact report. And that's what really took a long time to do. Um, so I think about six days, we did immediately flip over the website. The next day, we had to let it run. We're on East Coast time, obviously. We have a lot of West Coast international alumni. So we did let it run um, for a few hours going into October 2nd, which is the day after our giving day. And then we did put an immediate thank you message on the website. We redirected people to give to a separate site so we wouldn't capture them necessarily on giving day unless they really asked us to. We needed to scrub all of the checks that came in because we did allow people to make check donations, but they needed to write giving day in the memo. So we needed to talk to our fantastic development services team to see how many um, checks came in. And then we created for every school and unit um, a 14 page impact report that encompasses or encompassed, I should say, all of giving day impact, but then exactly what was raised for their school or college or unit, donor count, major gift, the breakdowns per hour, e-commerce transactions, et cetera. Amazing. That kind of detail would be incredibly helpful. And then again, for the planning going forth, Tim, about how um, long was the time span for your public phase of giving day beyond the day itself? Right. We started um, not quite two weeks. We started on the 24th, September 24th, and our day was on October 1st. And for us, that print piece I'd mentioned, that was our fall lead that we were using to sort of set up the the coming year for the Hamilton Fund. Um, again, this this for us, this give day was sort of crunched in terms of our time frame because we were afraid that things were going to happen on campus that would be out of our control. Um, so I, I think that was important to start the lead-in, start the outreach, start the volunteer calls, start the social media advocate outreach. Um, and then when we hit our goal and we surpassed our donor goal, um, we would we, – we're able to kind of note that fairly quickly a day or two after that. Thank you, everyone. We did all this. Great job by all of us. And then, um, like Brittany mentioned, you start collecting what was effective, what wasn't effective, compile a report. We all do our debrief. I think it was probably about a week and a half after um, that we drilled down in terms of what social field, what social posts did best, what emails did best, who they came from, what time they came from and try to break it down that way. To be quite honest, we cannot do the, the level that um, Brittany's talking about, even with that great data group, um, but we give us enough, we feel, to figure out, um, you know, what's the, the best practices moving forward. So let's talk debriefing. Um, as you went through and you analyzed everything that, that came in, um, what what did you uh, look at and say, we're definitely doing this next time? And what did you look at and say, Eh, perhaps we'll find something else in this spot. So I, I think um, a, a takeaway for me is that I, I've always been sort of lukewarm about this, is what I mentioned this on-campus hoopla, right? Because we spent a fair amount of time. So for this give day, we had food trucks in three different areas of campus. We had wonderful T-shirts that the team created. We had temporary tattoos. It was Hamilton at heart. So we had like the dear mom tattoos that students could to get. And I, I do wonder about, they're not going to give necessarily on that day, but for us, that's all about philanthropy, you know, teaching how to, how to give, teaching the importance of our philanthropic efforts. I got to say that, right? Um, and so that then also helped me share on social that day, the pieces, that, that activity that I mentioned earlier that we could share and, and people go, oh, I miss the hill so much. Oh, I miss being there so much. So 
I'm convinced now that, that the campus piece is important, even though it's not going to potentially generate the donors, but it builds that next generation of donors and does help us on social and build some momentum around it. Yeah, that's interesting, Tim. We we didn't have any on-campus activity on our giving day. Um, that's because we're, our president really wants to make sure that no one was on campus unless they have to be on campus right now. Um, we're very fortunate that the president of the University of Miami is a pandemic expert. And so President Frank is very firm on who should be on campus and, and who shouldn't be on campus. And so we actually didn't have any physical activity. But to answer your question, Heather, um, things that we learned and things that we will continue and things that we learned that we might uh, alter, I'll say. Um, so because we didn't have physical campus activities, we were trying to figure out using digital structures, how to engage and educate to what Tim was saying. So we created a fully interactive scavenger hunt on social. I think we may maybe made it too difficult. It was supposed to be essentially um, on-campus students versus um, remote learners and alumni. And so you could sign in and play the game as one of those two kind of avatars. And I think that was really well done, but I think the questions themselves were might've been a little bit too difficult. And so that's something we'll definitely um, probably revisit, but maybe let make it less difficult. If I can jump in here, if there are any listeners who have ever run what they consider a successful scavenger hunt for any sort of idea on campus, please let me know because I certainly <laughs> never have. <laughs> yeah, me too. Can I get in on that? Please yeah. let me know too. But I really thought what worked really well in that is that my team tried something new. And I think that's one of the greatest things about what we do, let alone on giving days or not, is we are innovators. We're trying things that are new. We might create KPIs or key performance indicators to track against that, and we might not succeed on them, but at least we're trying to push the envelope. So even though I think that the questions might have been a little bit too difficult, and we only had 2,500 interactors, I would say I'm really happy that we tried something new that hadn't been done before. Other things that I think went really well that will continue is creating the gamification model that we have. What was really fun, very virtual to see who's quote winning and leading um, and who's maybe slower to get there uh, against their goals on the day. Our website kind of had who had the highest amount of dollars and donors every minute um, because probably like Tim, our website was in real time using a vendor as well. Um, so I really liked that. I think other things that we'll try to shift more into in our next giving day, which will most likely be in March, we'll do two a year moving forward, um, is making sure that we interact and engage more with our faculty, staff, and academic leadership, and making sure that the deans, for instance, feel far more involved in the process. And I think that's something that we learned that they want to be act more active in, and so now we'll make sure to include them more. And I think that's a fantastic learning moment for all of us. And Maybe not every dean wants to, but every I think every dean wants to at least have more of a say. And we're really excited to partner with our academic leadership moving forward, more so than we already have. I'll just echo that, Heather. I, I think um, we let everyone know on campus what's going on and we urge them to take part. I will have to say that our on-campus hoopla was COVID compliant to the nth degree. To echo what Brittany, though, too, you know, competition helps. I mean, on the vendor site we use, there are ways you can show which class is performing best. And um, two years ago, when we sort of reinvigorated our Because Hamilton campaign, we had it by region. We had these buckets and showing which region was doing best. And the region won some, some nice prizes at the end of that, um, that night. So I, I do think competition does help for that, that 
sort of camaraderie, but then that good sort of um, sort of Hamilton feeling for us. Yeah, I love that idea, Tim, of having regional competitions. We were thinking about doing that in March, so I might call you um, to pick your brain on that one <laughs> offline. Okay, so what have I missed? What have you been dying to tell about your day of giving that we haven't covered so far? I don't know. This has been great to hear Brittany and her experience at a different level school. I, I hope folks get something from what we're doing at Hamilton, a school of, you know, 1900 students. Um, I, I think as, as we do more of these, to be honest, if you talk to my Hamilton fund director, he has sort of a love-hate relationship with Give Days. Um, it's sort of a gimmick in some ways, and you don't want to rely on that. But the year that we did not do a Give Day, I think it was 2017, you know, we saw a dip in our participation. So it's not a panacea for everything, but I do think it can help energize the base. And it, for us, this time around, our goal was to try to get things started. Like I said, it was front loaded. So it was to get things started in a, in a, in a good way and set the tone for the rest of the year. As we all know, and I'm not going to be Captain Obvious, it's, it's hard, right? This is a hard thing. And we're targeting our live bonds and side bonds. We're targeting those non-givers, those elusive non-givers. This is not going to make that happen necessarily, but it, it can help with that. And you're talking to the choir in, in some ways, but if you just get some other folks into the fold here, these good days can be um, a successful part of your overall strategy. Yeah, I would agree with Tim. Um, I mean, pretty much on everything he has said um, during this podcast, but definitely on that point um, to really make sure that you're not using giving days as the foundation of your structure of goals. It really should be almost like the cherry on the cake kind of situation. You shouldn't be relying on giving days per se to help you reach your donor goals. And the reason why is because you're more inclined to have greater churn um, each year because of a giving day. It's very hard to retain donors just because of giving day. And so churn, what I mean by that is people who give one year and not the other. So people who only give on giving day create a program to steward them is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, so there's a reason why we put in so much effort to personalize our stewardship on giving day. It's part of that is because we want to make sure that they give not just um, next year. We in fact want their frequency to grow to two or 3.0 in the current fiscal year and maybe using giving day as the catalyst here. But, you know, you asked what is something I'm dying to say, you know, we had a goal of 20, 2020 donors and honor the year 2020, we had 2432 hard credit donors, but of that 45% of them, so what is that, 1,095 or something like that, made their first gift in FY21 because of Giving Day. And of our total, 20% of those donors had never made a gift prior to the university. So we're talking significant acquisition, but again, you're going to have higher chances of churn the next year if we don't, don't develop stewardship. So right now, the reason why we kind of fast-tracked our impact report is because we wanted to actually start stewarding our donors and showing impact of the fund that they gave to not just their giving day impact, but the total impact and updates and news and updates on the interactions of what's going on in those funds, those colleges, those schools and units. You talk about stewarding your donors. I know you're not fond of the term annual giving from conversations we have in the past. I suspect that this all ties together in in many ways. So can you explain a little bit about your philosophy there and what you prefer if annual giving is not your your uh, words of choice? 
Sure. I would say it's not that I'm not fond of it. I just don't think it's as clear as it should be for an office. So I would say in annual giving, traditional annual giving shops, we actually don't want people to give once a year, right? Most directors of an annual fund or an annual giving program want people to at least give twice a year. They want a giving day gift and they want a larger, quote, annual fund gift or something like that. I'm of the notion that your titles should resemble your goals of an office. And so we chose philanthropic giving here at the U because we actually want frequency of giving to increase within a year. And annual, by definition, means once. And so it doesn't match up what our title and our goals are. So we changed it to philanthropic giving. The goal of our university philanthropic giving team is to get giving uh, increase to a 3.0 frequency. And our philanthropic giving for medicine goal is to have donors give at a 2.0 frequency per year. That's uh, that, that, uh, Brittany, that we just changed the name of our fund to the Hamilton Fund for those good reasons. And we are working very hard in what we call our Chapel Bell um, Society. And that is setting up the monthly giving um, for these for folks. And rewarding them with cool socks or whatever that might be, because that the idea of this recurring gift is just so important. And the idea of getting away from, oh, I'm going to wait until the last day of the fiscal year to make my gift. Trying to get away from that model um, is, is very important. So we'd like to wrap our episodes with something completely unrelated to what we're doing. And as we are recording this um, shortly before Giving Tuesday, um, and as we're going into the holidays, do you celebrate Thanksgiving? What's your favorite dish? Do you cook it? And can you send me some? Tim? <laughs> Thanksgiving is one of my favorite, favorite holidays, to be honest. It's, it's all about, for us, family. We do get to have family usually come to our home. Um, it's about food. There's no judgment with the overeating. I don't have to buy gifts, which is awesome. Um, and for me, it's my my mother-in-law, God bless her, 82 years old, still making me from scratch the, the pudding pie, right? The chocolate pudding pie is, is my go-to dessert. So um, she's now handing it off to my daughter to make because she's having trouble, you know, pounding out that dough. But that's, uh, that's a, a big part of things for me. I, I love it. I live right outside of Philadelphia, and I'm very happy to accept pie packages. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> Brittany, how about you? Um, I love this question, by the way. Um, so I we do celebrate Thanksgiving. This will actually be our first Thanksgiving in Florida. Um, I've been at the University of Miami for almost a year now. Um, but this will obviously be different. Um, we will not be around our family. Um, my family lives back in California. I have a sister, though, who is in Philly, Heather. Uh, she's in nursing school in the city. Um, and then my in-laws all live up in um, Myrtle Beach and then Virginia. So we are going to be by ourselves. And I don't think that we're going to judge each other on how much food consumption we will eat. <laughs> um, I will say my favorite dish to make is green bean casserole, and it's my mother's recipe, but I'm pretty sure it's on the back of like every Campbell's soup. Um, but it tastes better when your mom makes it. So I'm gonna try to recreate it. And then I have a favorite beverage I make um, on Thanksgiving, and Heather, you can edit this out if it's not appropriate, but um, it, it is a blackberry muddled old-fashioned. I, I would like that recipe. 
Okay, so uh, where can our audience members find you if they would like to continue the conversation? We'd love to continue the conversation. If there be any help at all, or if you have something you want to share with me, on my email, tokeefe at hamilton.edu, on Twitter, Tim underscore O'Keefe, or wherever you are, LinkedIn, wherever you are, um, we'd be glad to continue the conversation. Like Tim, I would love for you to connect with me. My email is bshaff at miami.edu. You can find me on Twitter at Brittany Schaff, or in fact, you can Google me um, and you can find my email and my LinkedIn account from a simple Google search. Looking forward to talking to you all. And that concludes our latest episode of Higher Voltage. We're really thankful to both of our guests for taking their time today. And we're looking forward to the great conversations that we continue to have with higher ed thought leaders. If you'd like to explore our topic further, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at hdotchell.